Welcome to another episode of The Successful Gunsmith. Today we're going to talk about what I call the seven principles that you should just have uh, locked down in your brain if you want to do this uh, professionally. Whether you're you're uh, a hobbyist, you know, tinkering with your buddy's stuff, you're a real serious hobbyist, part-time gunsmith, full-time gunsmith. These are like the seven things, the seven core principles that I think will really uh, set you apart from most everybody. Uh, you, you just you just have to get them locked down in your mind and, and decide that you're going to put them into practice uh, every moment of every day. Um, most people that I see uh, that are struggling or fail in this uh, industry is because they, they either don't recognize these things, and it's not rocket science, it's pretty common sense, or maybe Maybe they do, but they ignore one or a combination of these principles, and that that can they, they can they can really make you or break you. It's not a sales pitch. It's not a gimmick. Um, like I said, it's, it's very common sense, and, and I think when you when you put these into practice, you you'll be surprised at, at how it just really can keep that ball rolling in a in a good direction. Um, the reason I bring this up and even want to talk about this is because I I see a a lot of the newer gunsmiths, um, you know, they come out into the world and and. You, you watch how they run their business and conduct themselves, and you say, huh, and, you know, I can almost tell that they're not going to be around very long, and it's it's not really uh, necessarily any fault of their own. It's uh, in this world that we live in that's technologically driven, money-driven, um, speed-driven, you know, uh, I, I just don't think it's, uh, there's enough focus put onto it, and, and I certainly know um, from a lot of your online schools, there is not, and I I know that because I've talked to a lot of people that have come out of online schools and they tell me where they're struggling and this is this is what I what I tell them. And so I and so I think if you just if you just uh, get these kind of seven ideas locked down in your brain and you develop this mindset, it, it'll really get you going in the right direction. So the first principle that we're going to talk about is be the model in how you handle firearms. Um, and, and what I mean by that is if you come into my shop, for example, I have a, a bench uh, that's set up specifically to uh talk to the customers at and on that bench is a carpet and there's a clean uh, dry cloth and there's a lightly oiled clean uh, cloth and so anytime I handle whatever it is they brought it doesn't matter if it's a bone stock Glock it doesn't matter if it's uh, a full-blown race gun it doesn't matter if it's a shotgun that's got five thousand dollars worth of engraving on it it doesn't matter if it's Farmer Brown's you know 223 takedown that's been sitting in his pickup truck for 30 years and it's got dents and dings and, and everything on it. Anytime I handle that firearm, I wipe it down with a clean rag and then I go over it with the lightly oiled uh, cloth. And you would be surprised at, at uh, the effect that has on, on your customer. That just speaks to a level of your character that is, is way beyond uh, what, what they expect. And um, it, it really, and why is that important, is because they know they're in the right place. You, you would be surprised. All, all of these people, um, they love their 
their iron. You know, they want to know it's in good hands. And I think there there's a, a mindset in these gunsmiths that come out nowadays where, um, you know, they think that the majority of people are really kind of dumb and all they know is basically how to load their rifle and pull the trigger or load their pistol and pull the trigger or whatever. And that that's true sometimes. But you, the other thing that you need to understand, more importantly, is there's a lot of folks that know an awful lot about firearms. And the reason they're coming to you is because um, you put yourself in a position where you're making the time to do the work in a professional way as where where they may not have the time they're bringing it to you and so when you handle people's firearms that way it, they just they know this is i'm in the right place to go along with that is obviously you want to you want to make sure what you're working on is not only safe but it's handled safely you don't want to be pointing it in unsafe directions or at people uh, you might think that's silly but um, i can't tell you how many times i've been in the pawn shop or somebody else's shop and, and you'll watch uh the owner of that place and he'll he'll pick up a rifle and just hey let me see that and swing it swing it right across somebody and um you know it's just not good and it it doesn't it doesn't speak to uh any level of professionalism when you do that or you go to the shop and you go in there and and you uh drop your firearm off and they just they treat it roughly you know they're kind of throw it not not like throw it slam it on a bench but they you know abruptly put it down on the bench or you know they rack it hard and or constantly rack it and pull the trigger or you know cycle the bolt a thousand times and it's hard and fast just don't do those things um i think i think it's very off-putting you know we're not in the marines you you need to portray yourself as a person of character, as a professional, and as somebody who cares. At the end of the day, and I, and I haven't seen this proven wrong yet, in most cases, at the end of the day, people don't care how much you know, they, they care how much you care, you know, and, and uh, th- that there's a lot of truth to that. You can know everything under the sun, you might be able to fix everything under the sun, but unless you know how to deal with uh, people, you're not going to be around for very long. Our number two principle is don't, is, is our number two principle and and uh, I, I'm just as guilty. Our number two principle that we're, that that our number two principle is simply don't make promises you can't keep. There is nothing more frustrating to a customer than saying, "Yep, I'll have it done tomorrow," and then tomorrow comes along and and you you call them up and say, "Well, I won't have it done today." They that that just it doesn't matter the excuse. Even if it's valid or not, it just doesn't go very good. If if you get into uh, a job and it, yep, I can do that, and it, and you can't, that's definitely not going to go over very well. Ways to avoid that is um, if if something comes in and I know that it's it's going to be three days before I get to it, and then I can look at it. Maybe I have to order parts. Um, that's going to be two days. So that's three, four, five, six days, and then a couple hours to get it back together. That's seven days. If I think it's going to take a week, I give myself eight to ten days. And the reason I do that is I I would rather, I have yet to call a customer and say, hey, you're all set. You can come pick it up, and and it's three days early. I've never had anybody get mad at that. Most of them are pretty, you know, they're pretty happy about that. But if, if you have to uh, constantly call them and say, hey, 
you know, I just got to it and I just found out I got to order parts. And so it's going to be another two days. And then two days go by and you find out those parts are on back order and you got to call them up. And it just turns into excuse after excuse. And it just, it leaves a big old question mark in your, in your customer's uh, eye. Uh, in in your customer's mind, so really, it's a really simple thing, and, and and it's a really simple thing to get sucked up into. You get in a hurry, and you say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it tomorrow," and um, you, you'll forget about it. We all do it, but don't, you know, don't don't make promises you can't keep. Our third principle is quite simply: stay educated. You know, we we work in an industry that is uh, comprised of many different trades, many different skill sets, from woodworking to mechanical engineering to uh, mechanicking, you know, um, to machine work, to welding, to all, it's just all of these different things, Cerakoting, bluing, stock refinishing. There's, there's many, many different things uh, to learn. And uh, it, this is actually one of the first things I ask somebody when they say, hey, this is what I want to do is, okay, that's great, but what do you want to do? Figure out what you're good at and really get good at it and then focus on the the other things to get good at those as well. Um, you can't be a master of everything, but you can certainly become proficient in those areas, and it's all through education. And not only that, you need to stay up to date on uh, what the different manufacturers are doing, what the different ammunition companies are doing, what the tool companies are doing. Um, you know, it just it all comes back to just stay educated. You know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine the other day about a tool uh, to compress a spring that, you know, it was on an old uh, breakover shotgun and how they're, I don't, I wouldn't even comment with, I don't even know how you would uh, compress that. And, um, you know, he, he's kind of new, so I, I get it. And I said, well, haphazardly, I said, well, you can always figure out some wire about it and then release spring tension and you'll be fine that way to captivate the spring. Well, it was funny, the other day I was going through one of my old, old gunsmith books, trying to find some information out on uh, something I got in working on, and uh, lo and behold, in that book was a, was a, a, a tool that this gunsmith had made specifically for that spring and i thought how about that look at that education always stay educated that's why i i'm a big advocate of books um there's you know in this industry there isn't one book that's going to cover everything i mean if it, if it was it wouldn't be able to fit in your building i don't care how big it is um because that's that's how it goes you know it's like um, that's reloading manuals for example that's why i have new reloading manuals and that's why i have very very old reloading manuals because eventually the new information there's going to be so much new information they have to cut the old information out or or you'd be hauling the thing around on a semi truck um so education is a big one you you, you always want to be ahead of everybody else and you do that through education our fourth principle is, um, it, it's a big one because if, if you don't, it seems like I read about this more than I should about different shops or individuals that, that uh, are, are, are um, they get in big trouble because they're not following the law. And, and that's, that's, the, uh, that's our fourth principle. Not only to know the law, but live up to all the laws that govern your, your uh, business or hobby wherever you're at. That means local, state, and federal laws. Um, boy, I don't think I need to really say anything more than that because you can go to jail if, 
if you don't follow those laws, period. So stay on the up and up um, and keep up with those laws. Uh, you know, they change from time to time and, and you need to be, you know, ignorance uh, is not innocent in, in that case. They, they don't care if you if you don't know you broke the law and, and they'll, they'll come after you. And, and what I find in most cases is, you know, your, your local law enforcement, your, your local ATF, they're more than happy to answer your questions. They don't want to see you get in trouble. They're there to keep you out of trouble. You uh, should should keep them in in, uh, in good graces so that you don't get in trouble. So you can have those open conversations on how does how is this going to affect me? You don't want to go. You don't want to get in trouble doing this. Um, our number five principle is don't compromise safety. This is a big one. I see this way, way more than I should. And to be quite honest, this is uh, what, <laughs> that when I first started, this is that principle is what got me really put on the map is because I would get a lot of work that put different firearms in very unsafe uh, conditions. Poor pin fitting on an AR, weak springs on an AR, or weak springs on anything, um, really, for that matter. Um, bad trigger jobs. It, it, it's really, it knows no bounds. And, and what I'll say about uh, the idea of, of being safe is you can have no gray area about that. There is no walking the line. It's either safe or it's not. There, there's some schools out there that they'll be talking about different platforms and they'll, they'll advocate, you know, you can not have this part and it'll work just fine. And I find that absolutely shocking because basically what you're what the what the student hears in that situation is well I don't really need to have that part. And so said firearm comes into their shop, maybe that part's acting up, they pull the part out and send it home. Well then maybe something totally unrelated happens. You were the last person to work on that firearm and it failed and it either seriously injured or killed somebody you're screwed. Um, so safeties, for example, safeties have to be safe. Oh, you should never, ever tamper with a safety. Everything you do should be done in a safe manner, i.e. if you're, you're making a part and you're unsure of what the hardness of that part is, you better do your research because if, if what you're doing is unsafe and that gun fails, it's on your hands. You know, there, there can't be any gray area in that. It, it's either safe or it's not, period. Our sixth principle is do not perform work beyond your skill set. And you'll say, well, how am I supposed to get better educated? You do that on your time with uh, your firearms. You don't do that on customer firearms. I, I've actually seen that. That's one of those things I've seen more than I should is is um, fella got out of gunsmithing school he hasn't really uh, done a whole bunch of trigger jobs and told his customer, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do a trigger job on that. Customer pays him to do the trigger job, paid him to learn how to do a trigger job. Customer picks up his gun, uh, sitting at the range, accidentally drops it. Sear lets go. We have follow down and an accidental uh, discharge is, is what it gets classified because you didn't know how to do a trigger job. Don't work beyond your skill set. That goes back to our third rule. Figure out what it is you're good at and really get good at that. And then bring those other skills up through practice. 
work on your own stuff, get scrap. Um, you know, if you want to get into chambering uh, custom rifles, you can you can learn the whole chambering process without not even having a barrel. You know, just get a piece of get a piece of round stock of uh, the said dimension that that you're looking for. Uh, for example, on a Remington uh, 700, the tenon is uh, 880 thousandths. You can scribe that out. Cut your tenon, practice your threads. Let's say you want it in uh, 30 caliber. You can drill your pilot hole to 30 caliber. You can get a roughing reamer and rough in your chamber. You can set your bolt recess. You can do all of that stuff long before you ever touch a barrel. And then you can practice on your barrels. And when you get good, consistent results, then you can go to, you can charge, uh, you can present that as a job to your customers. This is what I can do. You better be good at it. I, I see this a lot with custom pistols, primarily with the Glock and Cerakote. There's a lot of uh, gunsmiths that come out of a particular school and they're all about custom Glocks and so they do all the work on the Glock and then they Cerakote it. It looks like a five-year-old did the work. It just It's not professional. You still have sanding marks in the frame. The paint, you can tell where they, there was not enough air, too much air. Um, you know, and, and I can speak to that because I've just started doing the Cerakote and I practice a lot before I even sprayed one of my firearms and then I sprayed one of mine and then I sprayed another one and another one and, and we're, we're we we get factory results i think when you achieve that or better than factory then you've developed the skill set to be able to charge for it um, until then you need to allow time in your work schedule to devote to uh, perfecting your craft and finally our seventh principle is um, to know your customer and that means literally you, you want to uh, develop a relationship with them. I know for me, um, a lot of my customers are, are repeat customers. They come back time and time again, and we've gotten to be uh, really, really good friends. That doesn't mean we stand around all day and just um, shoot the breeze. You, you have to respect, and they have to respect those boundaries of, you know, if, if it's business hours, you need, you know, you've got a job to do, um, and there's tactful ways and respectful ways to deal with that. Um, but you do need to develop that relationship with your customers, uh, as well as uh, really understand um, what what it is that they're doing. Um, case in ARs, as an example. Oh my lord, there's there's so many different accessories that you can get for an AR. There's so many different calibers. There's so many different lengths and variations now that you'll you'll it'll happen. They'll come in with their AR catalog and they'll slam it down on your bench and say, I want this, 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 and this and this. And most gunsmiths will say, Okay. And then they'll put it all together and it won't work. Or or it works, but it doesn't work for its intended purpose. Um, believe it or not, I had a, a customer come in uh, because his, his gunsmith couldn't couldn't fix this. Um, but he wanted to get into, uh, it was PRS competition with a pistol AR. Well, I mean, you, you can't, it can't be done. The pistols don't shoot a thousand yards. 
period. And and again, that, that really spoke to somebody not knowing the customer and not knowing the end customers, uh, in, in that case, the intended purpose for whatever it was they were doing. So you, you have to know your customer. You have to know what it is that you're working on. What's it going to do? Where is it going to live? How's it going to, what environment is it going to be used in? What's it going to be used for? All of those things need to be taken into consideration. And if you're unsure about that, that goes back to education and not doing work beyond your skill set because then you've created, you've potentially created uh, something unsafe. So you can kind of see how one affects the other. Anyway, those are the seven principles that, that I utilize to, to help me achieve uh, success, and, and I think it, it really will get you on the right path. It's just a matter of getting these locked down in your brain uh, to where it's just second nature. When that customer comes through the door, you are the model of firearms handling. You don't make promises you, you can't keep. You are educated. You respect and adhere to all the laws uh, that govern where you're, where you're at, where your shop is located. You do not compromise safety under any circumstance. You, you, uh, you are dedicated to education, but in the same sense, you're not performing work beyond your capabilities. And you've made a lot of really cool friends by getting to know your customers. I think if you just follow that, you're, you're really headed down the right path. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time.